all the questions. Everything turned out okay, but sometimes I dream about that night, wondering if I'm going to get left behind again in some fluorescent-lit corridor, smelling of Lysol and cold pain. I don't like thinking about that. I settled further into the pillow, watching the owls fluffing, each feather edged with cold moonlight. My eyes drifted closed. Warm darkness swallowed me. And when the alarm clock went off, it was morning. Weak winter sunshine spilling through the window and making a square on the brown carpet. I'd thrashed out of the covers and was about to freeze my ass off. Dad hadn't turned the heater up. It took a good twenty minutes in the shower before I felt anything close to awake. Or human. By the time I stamped down the stairs, I was already pissed off and getting worse. My favorite jeans weren't clean, and I had a zit the size of Mount Pinatubo on my temple under a hank of dishwater brown hair. I opted for a gray t-shirt and a red hoodie, a pair of combat boots, and no makeup. Why bother, right? I wasn't going to be here long enough for anyone to care. My bag smacked the floor. Last night's dishes still crouched in the sink. Dad was at the kitchen table, his shoulders hunched over the tray as he loaded clips, each bullet making a little clicking sound. Hi, sweetheart. I snorted, snagging the orange juice and opening the carton, taking a long, cold draft. I wiped my mouth and belched musically. Ladylike? His bloodshot blue eyes didn't rise from the clip, and I knew what that meant. Going out tonight? That's what I said. What I meant was, without me? Click, click. He set the full clip aside and started on the next. The bullets glinted, silver-coated. He must have been up all night with that, making them and loading them. I won't be home for dinner. Order a pizza or something. Which meant he was going somewhere more dangerous, not just kinda dangerous. And that he didn't need me to zero the target. So he must have gotten some kind of intel. He'd been gone every night this week, always reappearing in time for dinner, smelling of cigarette smoke and danger. In other towns, he'd mostly take me with him. People either didn't care about a teenage girl drinking a Coke in a bar, or we went places where Dad was reasonably sure he could stop any trouble with an ice-cold military stare or a drawled word. But in this town, he hadn't taken me anywhere. So if he'd gotten intel, it was on his own. How? Probably the old-fashioned way. He likes that better, I guess. I could come along. Drew. Just the one word, a warning in his tone. Mom's silver locket glittered at his throat, winking in the morning light. You might need me. I can carry the ammo. And tell you when something's invisible in the corner, looking at you. I heard the stubborn whine in my voice and belched again to cover it. 
a nice sonorous one that all but rattled the window looking out onto the scrubby backyard with its dilapidated swing set. There was a box of dishes sitting in front of the cabinets next to the stove. I suppressed the urge to kick at it. Mom's cookie jar, the one shaped like a fat, grinning black-and-white cow, was next to the sink, the first thing unpacked in every new house. I always put it in the bathroom box with the toilet paper and shampoo. That's always the last in and the first one out. I've gotten kind of used to packing and unpacking, you could say. And trying to find toilet paper after a 36-hour drive is no fun. Not this time, Drew. He looked up at me, though, the bristles of his cropped hair glittering blonde under fluorescent light. I'll be home late. Don't wait.